Now broadcasting from his hidden bunker and fully stocked bar, it is the Saturday Report with Hope Sebastian Taylor. Thank you and welcome once again, my friends, to the Saturday Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor, adventurer, entrepreneur, and amateur seditious conspiracy consultant. Welcome to AWSM Radio, an independent digital-only radio station that plays today's best music, old-school classics, along with a rotating cast of all-star DJs. AWSM Radio focuses on mainstream artists, independent artists, along with a variety of interesting talk and music shows throughout the day, all we do is entertain, inspire, and inform. And my friends, I want to engage with you. I want you to be part of the conversation. So you can find me on the Twitter, on the Rizzle, on the Cameo, uh, on almost anywhere at Colt S. Taylor. You can subscribe to the podcast version of this show at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. And of course, check out all my other adventures and random things at ColtSebastianTaylor.com. All right, folks, let's get started with this week's Saturday Report. First up this week, salmonella. No, I'm not talking about the spread you put on bagels. I'm talking about the, the bacteria that causes people to be sick. There is a salmonella outbreak ravaging the United States today. It's been going on for 12 months, and 44 people in 25 states have gotten sick from the salmonella outbreak including 15 hospitalizations. Pronounce yourself, Colt, what food do I need to throw away? What vegetable do I need to avoid? What? What dummy in some food processing factory wasn't paying attention to what they're doing as, as infected stuff with salmonella? Well, friends, uh, actually, this salmonella infection outbreak is coming from uh, bearded dragons. Yes. The popular reptilian pet apparently is a whole host of salmonella bacteria inside of it. Comes out in its droppings, harmless to the lizard itself, but sickens people with salmonella poisoning. Uh, the CDC is suggesting that you do not, quote unquote, don't kiss or snuggle your bearded dragon, which apparently a lot of people have been doing because they're adorable little lizards, and then they get salmonella uh uh, and salmonella infection, like same thing as food poisoning. Now, uh, the CDC has interviewed a bunch of people, uh, the ones that have been confirmed with th- salmonella, and they narrowed it down to these bearded dragons, and they took some samples, and they tested it, and the salmonella inside uh, these bearded dragons is very similar to the salmonella you would see in foodborne-related uh, things as well. Uh, so this is going on since December 2020, and they have recorded a salmonella... Uh, infection via bearded dragon every month since then. So, uh, they are suggesting that, you know, it's nothing wrong with having a bearded dragon. If you have one, that's great, but if you handle it, wash your hands immediately. Anything that touches it should be washed. You should not eat or drink around it. And, uh, as much as you want to snuggle and kiss your bearded dragon, you probably shouldn't because you have a better chance of getting salmonella. Now, usually, people don't need to go to the hospital for salmonella. People just kind of get over it with an upset stomach, but that can hospitalize people, and those with weakened immune systems can get some pretty severe side effects. And, because we live in a society that doesn't think vaccines are a thing, hospitals are at capacity in many places, and uh, it, it's, if, if you don't have to go to the hospital, it's best just not to go to the hospital and by, you know, petting your, your, your bearded dragon and then washing your hands afterwards, 
it's really the way to go. So don't kiss or snuggle it because you, you could get sick. And there's a small chance you might have to end the hospital. And this is not the time. This is the time to be preventing things from the hospital. So you have the vaccine. I'm sure there's people out there that think that beer dragons having salmonella is a big conspiracy. It's probably like four people. They probably have a website. They get together every Monday. But I assure you, the CDC is serious about this. If you have a bearded dragon, handle it carefully. You know, wear gloves. Uh, clean everything that's in it or around it. And you'll protect yourself from salmonella. So I just think it's funny that the CDC has to say, Hey, you have a bearded dragon? Uh, don't, don't snuggle it or kiss it because uh, it's getting people sick. Yeah, it's been getting people sick for a long time. Be great if you just, you know, stop doing that. Moving along. Blood! 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 There's a blood crisis! And it's not just affecting vampires. The Red Cross is reporting that blood supplies are at dangerous lows across the country. Uh, some uh, Red Cross, uh, I guess, areas are saying they're seeing 10 to 25% less blood available than what they usually do. Uh, common, I mean, to give blood, it's a very in-person event. Obviously, you can't just mail it in. I mean, you could, it just isn't very useful. Most people most people consider that some sort of serial killer stuff there. But, you know, blood drives are in-person events. There's a lot of COVID-19 restrictions. There's been a lot of winter weather disrupting various blood drives across the country, and so blood supplies are low. Um, the Red Cross estimates, at least in Ohio, that hospitals may not receive the tw- receive 25% of the blood products they need every day. Now, blood products are used all the time for transfusions and plasma and all sorts of things, so it really is needed. Uh, so the Red Cross is doing a national lottery uh, tying in with the Super Bowl. Uh, if you give blood, you'll be entered in a chance to win a ticket, uh, get- a getaway to the Super Bowl in Los Angeles, and then you'll be automatically entered to win a home theater package and a $500 e-gift card. So, if you have blood to spare, uh, or, I mean, like, you, I'm not saying, like, if you have blood in jars in your room, if you do, yeah, may want to call a therapist, because that's not somewhere uh, that needs to be. But, if you're looking to give blood, uh, find your nearest Red Cross, give blood, enter for a chance to win. I love contests, but I need to... Um, I, I don't like needles, so I, you, I'm going to give you a better chance to win by not doing it. So do that, uh, especially in Ohio, because people in folks in Ohio eh, are a little concerned about the blood supply. So please go and do that. And if you win, and you won because you listened to this story, please send me a postcard, because I love postcards. We now go from the wintry weather of Ohio to the hot continent of Australia, for those who don't know how the Earth works, while it is winter up here in the north, it is now summer down there in the southern parts of the world. A special shout to my good friend Georgina in New Zealand, uh, who listens every week, and I believe is the farthest person that I know who listens to the show. At least she says she does. She probably does. Anyways, across the pond from New Zealand and Australia, Australia recorded its hottest, hottest day on record at 50.7 degrees. Now, for all you science folks out there, that's Celsius, not Fahrenheit. Fortunately, I can calculate the difference in my head, totally not reading from something I wrote down earlier, but 50.7 degrees Celsius is the equivalent to... Equivalent to 123.26 degrees Fahrenheit. Boy, howdy. 
that's warm. That is really, 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 really warm. Uh, it was set in Onslow, Western Australia, uh, on Thursday this week, and matched a record set in 1962 in South Australia. Uh, the areas uh, around that area could see record-breaking temperatures again, uh, not only yesterday, but through the weekend. So they're having a quite a bit of a heat wave down there as well. Um, in fact, it has gotten so hot there that the air conditioning in some office buildings have just stopped working. I mean, they just they just stop working after a while. Uh, they 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 don't work so much on hot weather and the way they're supposed to, but it gets to the point where they they just can't keep up with the heat. So it is very very hot down there. Um, it, it's hard for hard for folks in the northern hemisphere. Usually, this time of year. Uh, you know, there's holidays and Christmas and things like that. Down there, there's holidays and Christmas down there, but that's also, like, their summer break, basically, down there. So everyone is kind of on holiday, as they say, down on holiday, holiday down there. But it is warm, so warm down there. So to all of my Australian and New Zealand listeners, all, the, I'm sure there's 30, 50, 80,000 people down there listening. I'm just, I'm sure of it. Uh, stay warm, drink fluids, stay in the shade, avoid... Uh, strenuous activity outside in the sun during the hottest parts of the day, and be safe and keep hydrated. And of course, you know, there's nothing better than lay, laying out on a lazy Australian summer day in the shade listening to the Saturday reports with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. So I think that's doctor, pretty sure that's doctor recommended, if I had to guess. Staying in Australia, the Australia Open Big Tennis Match is uh, occurring this week, and uh, tennis star Novak Djokovic is still in limbo. He kind of lied about his vaccination status. Uh, got a visa. They got there. So says, Oi! Are you vaccinated? And he went, No, I am not. Va- I don't know if any of these accents are correct, but like, No, I am not vaccinated. I had COVID. And the Australian's like, All right, there. That's not good enough, there, buddy. Time for you to get on out. And so he's been detained in Australia for the last few days. Won a court case, but there is still question whether or not he will be allowed to play. The health minister apparently has the personal power to deport anybody they want. <laughs> um, so, oh, Australia's immigration minister, sorry, immigration minister Alex Hawke has the personal power to kick anyone out of Australia they want to who is a citizen. So if I got down there and got into a fist fight with a kangaroo... Uh, Mr. Hawk there could say, Oi, Red, time for you to get on out of here. And then he could kick me out. So no no word yet whether or not he'll be allowed to play. Uh, he's the defending champion, but he is very cavalier with his vaccination status. In fact, had COVID-19 and was seen walking around after the positive confirmation without a mask. So he's not really a health-conscious person, despite being a tennis guy. But in further news, because of the spike of COVID-19 cases in Australia... Uh, crowds will be limited to 50% of this uh, event, and there will be people need to be spaced out at outdoor and indoor events, and there will be improved ventilation. And uh, this is kind of a last-minute change. Anyone who's already uh, bought tickets, they'll still be honored, but if uh, a match has not reached 50% capacity, then it will stop at 50%. So, Obviously, the, the the finale is probably all sold out. That'll be fine. So if you have tickets to that, don't worry. You'll be able to go. But you should definitely wear a mask because, boy, howdy, things are spiking there in the 
yield Melbourne, 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 Australia. Uh, last, what last checked in, uh, three days out from the start of the tournament, there were in Victoria. 37,000 cases of COVID, 953 people in the hospital, and 25 deaths recorded. So Australia has kind of locked down quite a bit since COVID started, but Omicron, it, well, that's my dog Willow next to me. She is very upset about this. Um, Omicron has begun to nose its way in just a wee, 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 wee bit and start ticking up here uh, right before the Australia Open. So we'll see what happens this weekend. I will have a report for you next weekend about how things turned out. We now go to space, 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 where an asteroid estimated to be about a kilometer wide will fly past the Earth on January 18th. It will come just within just over 1 million miles of our planet, moving at over 47,000 miles per hour, uh, according to the NASA's Center for Near-Earth Object Studies, which tracks potentially hazardous comets and asteroids that could collide with our planet. Uh, the approaching asteroid is known as 7482, not quite a catchy name, uh, was discovered in 1994. Uh, this will be the closest it passes Earth uh, for the next two centuries, and uh, will be the closest will be on January 18th at 4.51 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the East Coast. Uh, but it's not the largest that ever flew by. Uh, the largest uh, asteroid that flew by real close to us was uh, 3122 Florence, uh, which flew by and missed the Earth uh, on September 1st, 2017. It was estimated to be between two and a half and five and a half miles wide, and it'll be back again in about 25 years in September 22nd, or September 2nd, 2057. Uh, this one will not be visible to the naked eye, but someone with a small telescope should be able to see it streak across the sky. Uh, later this year, NASA is going to be testing uh, some technology uh, known as the DART mission, or the Double Asteroid Redirection Test. Uh, the spacecraft is uh, aiming for an uh, uh, asteroid called Dimorphos, a small moon orbiting the near-Earth asteroid Deimos. So it's going to crash into it to see if it can deflect it and to give it new motion testing technology to uh, hopefully uh, deflect an asteroid in the future from crashing into the Earth by testing this technology now, see if they can work out the bugs. So, so the uh, what's classified as a near-Earth object are asteroids and comets with orbits that place them within 30 million miles of Earth. Uh, detecting the threat of near-Earth objects, or NEOs, that could potentially cause harm is the primary focus of NASA and other space organizations around the world. So NASA is not the only folks that uh, look for these things. Other people do as well. And they got a whole list of them. And uh, this one's getting close, but so far, so good. And then later this year, they're going to test out some technology that if something was going to hit the Earth, they'll nudge it just a little bit off course. So it just darts by, by us. It doesn't actually hit anything on Earth. Unlike the Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence movie, which... Uh, everyone died in the end. <gasps> Spoilers alerts! <laughs> well, not everyone. But mm, it did turn out too well. Turns out exactly how you thought it would. <sighs> Folks, I want to talk to you about another deflection mission that I go on every week here, and that is deflecting your attention to our in-house DJ, DC, 
His show, DC Live in Effect, mixes it up every Friday night at 9 p.m., Sundays at 10 p.m. You do not want to miss out while he smashes it on the ones and twos, kicking the beats from South Florida every week. He's a fantastic DJ. He's all ours here on AWSM Radio. So if you are driving home late on Friday night, Sunday night, whatever, tune in to the app, listen to his music, you will be you'll be treated with an audible delight from my good friend DC. So catch it, DC live in effect Fridays at nine, Sundays at ten, right here on AWSM Radio. We now go to other parts of entertainment, the Oscars, which for the last three years have been uh, run without a host. Apparently, will have a host this year when it airs on March twenty seventh, according to Craig Erwich, president of Hulu Originals and ABC Entertainment, announced that the Oscars would indeed would have a host uh, for this year's uh, ceremony. Now, uh, has gone without a host for the last three years, uh, after, I believe, oh gosh, who, who, was, who was, who was that guy, who was that guy? Kevin Hart, yes, Kevin Hart was supposed to host three years ago, but some past remarks, uh, popped up, and then he said he already apologized for them, so he was going to apologize again, so he pulled out, and they did not replace him at all. Uh, past hosts include Jimmy Kimmel, uh, which got some positive reviews, uh, Chris Rock, Neil Patrick Harris, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, Seth MacFarlane, Billy Crystal, uh, James Franco, and Anne Hathaway hosted in 2011. Uh, I don't think James Franco will be hosting anytime soon. Um, but uh, they did not really get high marks about that anyways. Anyway, I think Billy Crystal and Steve Martin would be a great host for the Oscars. They are true and tried, fantastic uh, hosts. I would say, okay, okay, I would say three hosts this year. Billy Crystal, Steve Martin, and Chris Rock. I think those are three hilarious, very funny, can get things going and moving uh, hosts of the Oscars. I think that'd be great. I think that would. I think that would work just fine. Uh, it was uh, one time, one time, one of the most uh, coveted hosting jobs in Hollywood. Some past hosts during the golden age of Hollywood include Johnny Carson and Bob Hope. Uh, but uh, it became more of a thankless job over the years. Because uh, people just critique it, kind of runs long, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so the first year, which they did not have the um, a host, ratings actually went up than the previous year. And they decided to go off the host in 2020. And the ratings were about the same, but dipped a little bit. Uh, but 2021, which was a much more lower-key affair at Union Station, lost more than half its audience. I mean, 2021 wasn't really a good year for movies in Hollywood, as it were or theaters, or anyone in the entertainment industry whatsoever. But uh, they're seeming to bring it back a host. No announcement yet. Uh, lots of um, guessing about who it would be. Uh, people are humorously suggesting Pete Davidson, because he's everywhere these days. Uh, I don't know if he'd be a good host. I don't know if they could get him to concentrate for five hours and whatnot. I'm sure he'll be okay. I watched his Miley Cyrus uh, New Year's Eve thing with him and Miley Cyrus, I thought it was okay. It was okay. It was all right. But I was only like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours. So it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't that long. So, I all love Pete Davidson, but I don't know if he's quite right for the Oscars. Maybe that makes me sound old. It might. It might. But anyways, you'll find out soon who the host is, and then you can watch, uh, you can watch the Oscars live as a broadcast on ABC and outlets from around the world. 
on Sunday, March 27th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. The ceremony will return to its usual place, the Dolby Theater at Hollywood and Highland Center in Hollywood. Uh, that uh, after last year they went to a more open air area because of COVID stuff, but they're back to their own place. I'm sure, everyone will be vaccinated uh, or be wearing masks. Maybe both. Who knows? But uh, we'll see who the host is. Just so the Hollywood, just so the Oscars know, I am also available to host the Oscars. I called Sebastian Taylor. This dulcet voice streaking out across the land. I think I'd be the perfect host for the Oscars. I just move it along. Go. All right, next one. Let's go. Let's go. 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 Let's get out of here in forty minutes, folks. I don't do musical numbers. I'll let Neil Patrick Harris do that. I'll just bring him up. He'll do his thing. Sit back down. Moving along in the world of entertainment and real estate, uh, the home used in A Nightmare on Elm Street was sold for just under $3 million this week. Uh, officially $2,980,000. I'm sure there's a commission there. Uh, it was the uh, house used the 1984 uh, West Craven horror classic, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, despite this horror movie being filmed there, it's actually a very nice house. Three bedrooms, four and a half baths, with a pool and a guest bedroom. Not too shabby, I say. Uh, it's known as a beautiful Dutch colonial with a modern twist, according to the Realtor.com listing. Uh, it's just off of Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles, a few blocks from the legendary Chateau Marmont Hotel, and there's a Whole Foods nearby. Not too shabby, right? Uh, it went for sale last October, a week before Halloween. Uh, initially asked for $3.5 million, but they talked them down to uh, $2.98 million. Um, this area of uh, California is very popular for Hollywood uh, filming because uh, the lack of palm trees in the area. So very, very much looks like a small town USA feeling because it's just, you know, regular trees and not much in the way of, you know, like typical California, California settings. Um, of course, uh, you know, home prices have shot up. 19% of the last year, My Secret Bunker has gone up quite well because of you know the shortage in the housing market due to, well, basically, uh, people not being able to build houses and then people leaving the cities to go in the rural areas to escape COVID-19. Now the reverse is happening. Rent prices are shooting up in the cities, etc., etc., etc. But there is also another nice little note here, entertainment note here. Uh, the house, according according to NPR's uh, Tyne Lee report last fall, quote, the iconic house isn't just a place of horror. It is also the location of Bo Burnham's Inside, a solo musical, musical comedy special produced during the height of the pandemic and a possible Grammy contender. I've watched pieces of this. It's very good. Bo Burnham is a very humorous singer. I, I like it very, very much. Some of his songs are used during TikTok. Um, uh, TikTok. Uh, TikTok. TikToks. TikTok filming. What do you call short TikToks? Videos? TikTok videos? I don't know. I'm not on TikTok. I should be, but I'm not. I got too much to do. Anyways, uh, that house sold this week for just another $3 million, so hopefully whoever takes it over will not have nightmares or feel the need to compose a solo comedy music special. They'll just have friends over, the pool, and the guest house. We now head to the West Coast, to the East Coast, to literally 45 minutes from where I am. A medical helicopter crashed this week in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia. Uh, I was flying from um, Maryland to the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, better known as CHOP, 
uh, world-renowned children's hospital in the area with uh, buildings in Philadelphia, and I think they just expanded their campus out into the King of Prussia area. Very well-renowned hospital for children, uh, treating a whole bunch of different things. Well, anyways, a helicopter, medical helicopter, was traveling from Maryland to Philadelphia with an infant on board and crashed into Upper Darby. Everyone walked away with minor injuries. I think the pilot is a little bit more serious, but he's everyone's stable condition. The infant is fine. The nurse and the doctor on board find they are all able to get out and walk away from this helicopter crash. Helicopter crash. Uh, the, apparently, uh, it, it, it was able to land, lost its blades, crashed, did not damage any cars, did not damage any telephone poles, did not damage any buildings, kind of brushed up against the side of a church, just sort of shattered and landed. Uh, the FAA and other officials are calling it a miracle that no one was more seriously hurt or died in the uh, crash. Um, it was, I mean, there's pictures like moments after the crash of people climbing out and someone running away with the baby wrapped up in uh, uh, in a blanket and whatnot. Uh, but everyone was okay. Everyone is expected to survive without, you know, just brief stints in the hospital. Uh, the FAA obviously is investigating because that's their job. Uh, they think it probably was mechanical failure at some point, but uh, saluted the pilot for safely landing or crash landing the helicopter without hurting anyone on the ground or in the helicopter. He's being called Delco Soli after Soli, the pilot who landed the plane in the river a few years, uh, almost a decade ago, um, managed to land it without, you know, damaging a whole lot of stuff or catching on fire. Just set that thing down and whew. Everyone survived. Uh, you usually don't hear. You usually don't hear good news. Um, <laughs> you usually don't hear good news about helicopter crashes. Uh, the Upper Darby Police Superintendent Timothy Bernhardt commented that the fact that no injuries appeared to be life-threatening quote It's a miracle, an absolute miracle. I can't wait to meet this gentleman and shake his hand for getting this helicopter down the way that he did. So um, yeah, that is some. Um, Amazing, amazing stuff. Whew, whew. Uh, the helicopter, helicopter crashes. They usually, they usually don't end up pretty well, but this one did. So thank goodness for that. And hopefully, whatever reason that infant was going to the children's hospital, uh, they will. Uh, he'll be he or she will be getting better, and will ha- there'll be a heck of a story that they'll be able to tell for show and tell in first grade that I was a helicopter crash and I didn't remember it. Moving along, and in some sad news this week, comedian Bob Saget passed away unexpectedly um, in uh, Florida. Uh, Bob Saget, stand-up comedian, uh, best known for Danny Tanner in Full House from 1987 to 1995, and in its Netflix sequel, Fuller House, from 2016 and 2020. He was also the host of America's Funny Home Videos, and he was the narrator in the popular series How I Met Your Mother, which ran from 2005 to 2014. Never seen, but he played the older narrator voice of Ted Mosby during uh, during that show. Uh, he was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, right around the corner uh, from where I am. Um, and, um, yeah, he's very much known in this area as well. I know he's from, from the Philadelphia area. And uh, despite being a sort of be a family friendly show 
on uh, Full House. He's actually a very dirty comedian. Very, very funny. Uh, one of his... He did a movie called The Aristocrats where he went around to all his comedian friends and they told the dirtiest joke that they know. Uh, Full House, as you may remember, had a quite a very, very good cast. Uh, John Stamos, uh, Dave Coulier, Candace Cameron, uh, as well as Mary Kay Nash and uh, Ashley Olsen, the Olsen twins, who have pretty much uh, left acting. Is They're more from a uh, fashion, more of a fashion uh, fashion empire now than anything else. They released a statement expressing sadness about his passing, uh, as well as Dave Coulier. Everyone is very just shocked to hear that he uh, passed away. Now, he um, um, he uh, apparently passed away in his sleep. They don't have any sort of foul play or drugs or alcohol. Um, might have been a heart issue. Uh, they're doing an autopsy to figure out how exactly he passed away. And uh, just sort of all sorts of comedians and actors uh, pouring in tributes about what a very, very nice, fantastic person he was. Uh, and in fact, um, John Mayer, yes, the singer John Mayer and Jeff Ross, apparently, were very good friends with him, and they had the sad duty of having to go to the L.A. airport to pick up his car from the airport and drive it back to his house, and they went on uh, Instagram Live for about 30 minutes, Driving through L.A. talking about their friend uh, Bob Saget. I mean, I, I didn't watch it. I just that's that stuff really hits me hard. So I just don't, uh, don't I don't. Uh, glad that they did. I'm sure it helped, but uh, that's just that's just too sad for me. Too sad for me. So the great Bob Saget, uh, host of America's Finest Views, Full House, com- great comedian, who was saying he was loving loving getting back up to stand up. Really looking forward to the future. Uh, unexpectedly passed away this week. Uh, at the age of, I believe, 65? 65? I'll say 65. 65, 68. I don't know. I don't have the number right now. But not not very old. Very passed away entirely too soon before um, before his time, unfortunately. So uh, I would I'd highly recommend, uh, friends, for you to um, uh, watch some old episodes. He also, also, I have to say, a very good Norm MacDonald. He was good friends with Norm MacDonald who passed, passed away uh, this year, last year unexpectedly, uh, much much to, uh, to much to my sadness. He directed a great, uh, <laughs> a great Norm MacDonald movie called uh, Dirty Work, which he was the director. <clears throat> he was the director of uh, uh, <laughs> Dirty Work. Uh, it's, not, it's not like a great movie, but you know what? It's a pretty good movie. It's a pretty good movie. It's based off of a short story by Ronald Dahl called Vengeance is Mine, Inc. Um, it's about a guy who gets paid to get back at other people. Uh, features, check out this uh, this cast. This cast is pretty good uh, for the time. Norm MacDonald, Artie Lang, Jack Warden, Taylor Howard, uh, a young Chris Farley, uh, Christopher McDonald, usually bad guy, Chevy Chase, also making cameo appearances throughout this throughout the movie. Okay, listen to this: Don Rickles, Rebecca Romaine, John Goodman, Adam Sandler, Gary Coleman, George Trevo, Ken Norton, uh, David Kocher, Jim Downey, Fred Wolf, Kevin Farley, uh, and a few other folks. Some of those names you know, some of you don't. It's actually not a stupendous movie, but a pretty good movie if you are a fan of Bob Saget and Norm Macdonald. Highly recommend you checking out that week, uh, this week, uh, due to honor those two fantastic comedians. Speaking of entertainment, if you need to be entertained and amused and just 
showered with music and interesting things during your evening commute home. Well, you, my friends, need to listen to The Rock Sessions, hosted by the lovely, fantastic, beautiful Rocks. Uh, the Rock Sessions is our drive time show here on AWSM Radio, featuring the hottest music on the charts, along with some other surprises in between. She will make it rock, rock style, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., Listen to The Rock Sessions right here on AWSM Radio. Moving along, folks, there could be a danger in your home right now and you don't even know it's there. Whatever you do, don't panic. If you look at it, it could endanger you. If you don't look at it, you also may be in danger. Of course, I'm talking about decades-old decades old home elevators I'm sure everyone has an elevator in their house. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, what's the point of being hoity-toity and at the top of your game and being in the upper 1% if you don't have an elevator in your house? Yes, I could walk up three flights of stairs myself, but why not let Thomas Edison and his wonderful wonderful thing called electricity pull me from point A to point B? (laughs) Well, anyways, um, actually, it's a danger to children. Uh, three of the most popular residential elevator companies are issuing recalls. Uh, not so much that you have to replace your elevator, but uh, they are sending out space guards. The concern is that the gap between an elevator and the floor, there's always like a little bit of a gap there. There's a concern that children could get you know, their feet or hands stuck in it. And then if the elevator closes and moves, it doesn't detect something there obstructing the um obstructing the, the, the way, and it will injure said child. Uh, apparently one uh, child died in July on an unrelated residential elevator accident, not related to this, but the concern is that many of these elevators, I mean, they're inspected, but they don't go through the normal upgrades that professional or commercial building elevators do. So these uh, companies are volunteer- voluntarily issuing a recall, sending out... Um, uh, kits to be installed on the floors to sort of narrow that gap between um, uh, the floors and the elevators as well. Uh, they don't want people to have fractured bones or skulls, or have lifelong in- industries. They just want to do that. Uh, in fact, Otis, very famous, uh, very famous elevator company, issued a similar recall last December, not uh, December twenty twenty. When um they had similar uh they had similar concerns about their elevators as well, uh they sent inspectors out to do free upgrades, install space guards where needed to make sure that these elevators are safe. Uh, so 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 uh, these elevator companies are going uh taking their be proactive and taking care of this. Uh, the rest of people will have home elevators to contact their company. They installed them, and there's probably a free uh, kit, or they'll send someone out for free to inspect it, make sure there are any dangers, and uh, fix it. I mean, it's a very inef- very inexpensive fix. Just put some plastic safeguards in there, a- adhere them to the floors, and then no more problems. Uh, according to the Nancy Coles, the executive group of Kids in Danger, uh, she said that the hazardous gap in residential elevators impact both families with elevators in their home as well as unsuspecting vacationers. Quote, unquote, uh, whether you own a home that has an elevator or you rent a vacation home with one, do not use it or allow access until the retrofit has been safe. 
Uh, don't let unsupervised children use the elevator. This is a decades-old hazard that has an easy and inexpensive fix. So, to all of my fans out there who have home elevators, be careful. Don't get anything stuck in that gap there. Mind the gap. Mind the gap. Moving along to the job sector, as you know, there is a critical labor shortage in the United States. Uh, a lot of people say, hey, people just don't want to work, they want to stay home and collect their unemployment. Well, you know, maybe you can pay seven bucks an hour to deal with people who don't want a mask because they think that the guy from Fear Factor has a better medical advice than actual doctors may not be worth someone $7 an hour. But I'm not talking about folks working at McDonald's or Arby's. No, astronauts. Right now, there's only about 44 of them. Uh, the most that NASA had was in 2000. There's 150 astronauts. But uh, now that space shuttle missions have now been done for over a decade now, that amount has now gone down to 44. And right now, they're just sending people to the International Space Station. But if they're going back to the moon and eventually pe- put people on Mars, they're going to need more than 44 astronauts. And so they're trying to train them and get them ready to go quickly because they're going to need them for these future missions. Uh, basically, basically, uh, the lack of space shuttle missions means there's less opportunities for people to go up into space, so there's a little bit less interest in it. Uh, but also, um, they're also doing new technology. You can't just swap out astronauts all willy-nilly. Some astronauts are good at some things, and some astronauts are good at other things. You need to put together a crew, each with their specialties and whatnot, and they're, they're, they're not having a whole lot of luck recruiting new astronauts, so they're kind of Revamping their system, they're offering a little bit more money. It takes about 18 to 24 months to train to be an astronaut on the space station. Now, friends, if you're suffering a shortage of sports, well, don't worry because I have got you covered here because I'm going to tell you about a show on AWSF Radio, Married to the Game. It's our sports show, broadcast every Wednesday, 9 p.m. EST, Eastern Standard Time, here on AWSF Radio, featuring Brian, Joe, and Mac Daddy. They're going to bring their an- an- analyze, their analyze games, their insights, and expertise to all things games to the table. And what kind of sports show would be without a little trash talking in between? So tune in to catch up on all things sports. Follow these folks on Instagram. Joe at Turn Up the Jets. Nick at the Mac Daddy Ryan Show. Brian at Bolstered underscore up underscore sports. And then the show itself, Married to the Game, MTTG Radio, all on Instagram. So, want your, 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 your daily, not daily, your weekly dose of sports. Listen to Married to the Game. Wednesdays at 9 p.m. right here on AWSM Radio. Well, my friends, that just about wraps up this week's Saturday Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Remember, you can find me on the Twitter, on the Rizzo, on the Instagram, on the uh, Cameo, and on uh, Anchor.fm at Colt S. Taylor. You can subscribe to the podcast version of this show, which publishes on Sunday afternoons after the rebroadcast on Sunday. So if you're not available to hear me live on Saturday, you can catch up with last week's show uh, whenever you like on your preferred podcasting device. Uh, I am also part of another podcast of a Dungeons and Dragons game. Uh, very good at that too, providing some voices to that. So if you like that sort of stuff, you can listen to that too. At Musty D&D, also on Anchor.fm. I'll have a link on my website. My website at ColtSebastianTaylor.com. Follow that for all things Colt Sebastian Taylor. Well, my friends, until next week, I am, of course, your friend, 
Colt Sebastian Taylor, and I'll see you later.